Shalom. This is Reb Yoav Ben Emmett with another exciting podcast edition for the Torah Watchman Show. Hope everyone has joined uh, joined their high holiday for the month of the Holy Month of Tazrei and the month of Elul before that, a month of getting of blowing the shofar and getting ready for the ten days of all marching marching to the climax of Yom Kippurim. Yes, we're talking about redemption and forgiving of our sins, right? Listen, you are Gentile, we all like to know when we go to bed at night, we wake up in the morning. And we want to know what did we did uh what did we do great last year and what we did horrible versus what you hope to do the the next year. I hope everyone been well. The title of this podcast is The Temple Institute has allowed with approval and the seal of stamp of approval, Chief Robinette in Israel, for the first time in history, to blow the Shafar on Shabbat. You heard me right. Go Google it anywhere you want to. Habat, begin with Habat. Ultra-Orthodoxy, Orthodoxy, modern Orthodoxy, even conservative shuls, they do not make a Shafar blast at all when Rosh Hashanah falls on Shabbat, and it happened to be in perfect alignment with Shabbat this year. So you had, we have a second day, day two of Rosh Hashanah, that's the Jewish New Year, uh, in which well, we uh, blow the Shafar because it's not Shabbat. And I've always wondered why we cannot blow Shafar on Rosh Hashanah, even though Shabbat is the highest of all holidays, and we don't want to show respect for, for Shabbat. But you know, King David and his palace, in the King's palace, he composed uh, a great poet, of Talhinon, the basis of all Jewish prayers, essentially 90% of all prayers, if not more, he played the lar, the harp. He played and he blew the shafar and he sung on Shabbat. It's the rabbinates, folks. They say you cannot blow a shafar on Shabbat. Why? Because you're not allowed to carry a shofar from home. I apologize for that interruption. But you're not allowed, you're not allowed to bring a shafar from home to the synagogue. And so they outlawed blowing a shafar. Then they didn't make a thousand and one excuses uh, for not allowing shafar to be blown. When Rosh Hashanah comes, comes on a holy Shabbos, listen, this is something that does not happen every single year. It really does it. It takes a while for the lunar cycle, the earth wobbling around the sun, everything else, all the months and everything to come in and balance, leap year, etc., etc., for you to have this special time of Rosh Hashanah. Listen, Rosh Hashanah as it means a lot of things to a lot of Jews, okay? Uh, for secular Jews, it's probably one of the few times they ever even darken the entrance of, of a synagogue. But it's very important for their families, like coming home, a, a, a Christian comes home for Christmas, Thanksgiving. Well, you have friends and families come home on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and these high holidays, okay? Getting back to the Temple Institute, they ruled, like, probably because there are 50,000 mm-hmm. Jews at the Kotel, you know, 50,000 Jews at the Kotel that wanted to blow the Shafar. And there's areas of the Kotel that set apart for a synagogue, believe it or not. So they allowed uh, everyone, Chabadniks, 
Hasidic Jews, um, uh, Orthodox Jews, anyone that wanted to blow the Shafar, um, conservative Jews, anyone that wanted to blow the Shafar, except a woman. Women are not allowed to blow a shafar. They're allowed to listen to the sounding of the shabar, shafar, but they're not allowed to blow it. Now, shafar, again, is a, is a ram's horn. It's twisted, it's curled, uh, usually very long to make a very loud sound. And we, we play a, a very long tone, um, a very long-winded tone, and then we play several very small beeps, per se, to emulate someone crying. Well, what, what the Shafar blast did, this Rosh Hashanah, was nothing short of getting ready for Meshach. Why I say that? Because it produced mourning, and that leads to repentance, and that leads to great and wonderful things in a human nefesh, their soul, to be able to, that God can actually finally use them for something to, for His glory, and not just men's glory. Now, I thought you would like to know about this story, I was really impressed by this. I'm going to share some detail in my description, but I did want to be long-winded again. Anyway, God bless you. This is a wonderful story. You can read about it on Alret 7, Israeli National News. Um, it's catching fire. Um, I was in a, a conservative shul with my wife this past Rosh Hashanah, and the rabbi said we're not allowed to blow a shofar on Shabbat. It actually says in a moxer, that's a prayer book, a sodor, on Rosh Hashanah that we reference for, you know, for all the liturgical uh, prayers and structure and everything else. It says here, you're not allowed to blow the shofar on Shabbat. I think this is a game changer. I think it's going to change phenomenally orthodox as we know it. It really is. Well, take care. Shalom Aleichem. Reb Yardab Emmett signing out. Let the love, let the wealth of knowledge and love and truth uh, be shared to the Holy Torah. Be the light of the Torah to the, to the races of men and women. Let people know that God loves them. You live, be that living truth. I'm a lighthouse in a hill. I will not be hit and not politically correct. I shoot from the hip. I'm black and white. I'm the white elephant in the room. I'm the inconvenient truth. I, that's my guarantee, my product and service guarantee to you. Rev Yard at Benimit, signing out. Take care.